And welcome back at 7.07. Derek Hansen with you. Brittany Bartlett is producing, and as promised, Jeremy Jorgensen, Director of Broadcasting and Sales for the NDSU Athletic Department, is with us. He was on the call last night with Jack Michaels, who we heard from in the first hour, and also got to see someone play tuba in the overnight at a convenience store in Watertown, South Dakota. But that kind of, I mean, after everything that happened last night, the disappointing loss, that just, that, that story, that the way, the only way that Jack Michaels, you know, the storyteller he is, that that made it worthwhile, right? Just to see. Yeah, some... he sells the story. Uh, <laughs> I, I walked into this C store and it's about one thirty in the morning. There's no one around, and I walked in. And I, I had to rub my eyes a little bit. Uh, the guy running the till was playing the tuba. He had sheet music out and everything. And I went back out and told Jack, "I was like, you got to go in there. There's a guy playing a tuba." He's like, "What?" And he walked in there and he comes back out and he goes, "You're not lying." He's in full concert. Oh, <laughs> man. Well, I mean, and Jack tells us stories. I, I do have to say this, too. A couple things. Someone texted me. So what, what stories are you talking about? I'll just quickly say, I hope he doesn't get mad. He's probably on his way to Bismarck. But he got, he got flashed by an older lady down in New York when he was on a Red Hawks trip. And then he, you know, he runs into all these things. I just can't, I can't get, I can't get over it. I mean, only Jack, right? I mean. <laughs> yeah, the, the odd stories. Uh, find him. There's, there's no doubt. <laughs> there's no question about it. So, oh, good gravy. That uh, that is some funny stuff. But well, outside of that, before the uh, long trip home on I-29 last night, a wild game. I mean, I know, and we kind of said this quite a bit last night before we head to the pregame show with you. It's all kind of gravy for NDSU and NDSU athletics right now. So you knew the loss would, you know, smart a little bit, but it would not have been as disappointing as it would have been for South Dakota State fans if North Dakota State would have went three years in a row, right? I mean, because I don't think the all all of Fargo Moorhead is all disappointed about what happened. Yeah, they wanted to win, but it's not life changing like it might have been at the office for a lot of Jackrabbit fans. Am I, am, is it safe to say? Oh yeah, no. The- the pressure's on them down there. The tournament's in their backyard. Uh, you know, they have claimed basketball as their primary sport for years and years and years. Uh, South Dakota in general, the state is a very basketball-minded state at the high school level. Uh, that's that's their baby. I mean, they built that big uh, uh, Denny Sanford Premier Center for a reason. They want to host big tournaments. Uh, they're getting the... Uh, the uh, women's regional this year, uh, the NSICs there, the Summit League there. I mean, it it is a basketball town, and believe me, every time they do not win that tournament in front of their fans, which is a home court advantage, it stings them, and it stung them last year. And I think that uh, drove a fire in them a little bit last night. Yeah, I turned up the sound uh, on the TV later. I, uh, I got home and. Well, actually, I saw a highlight, and one of the guys, uh, one of the Jack Rabbits, did say that we've been. This has been eating at us for a year. They took it from us last year. So, I mean, so it, it, you're not just. It's not just a uh, you know kind of uh, commentator talk here. They really believe that. I mean, it it's stuck in their craw for 360 some days. Yeah, you know, uh, right in front of our broadcast position after the game, um, you know, I, I heard one of their administrators. Uh, he was right in front of us, didn't realize he was standing in front of the NDSU broadcasters, but uh, a fan came up to him and immediately said, we finally beat him at something. And wow. uh, and then they shared a conversation after that a little bit, uh, which I won't share, but uh, they yeah, it, it eats at him. I mean, football, basketball, 
Um, you know, the fact that the Bison have won that tournament in Sioux Falls in their backyard three times, uh, don't don't kid yourself. It bothers them. Yeah, I am sure. I, it's it's got to bug them quite a bit. And yeah, I, I guess you look at it, uh, the way NDSU is going right now, like I said, it's an embarrassment of riches. I mean, I, I feel kind of bad for Darren Mueller and this past weekend he beats number 2 Alabama, but... You know, so much is going on with the uh, NDSU defeating Indiana, Purdue, Fort Wayne, and the five national championships with football. What do you guys? Uh, you guys kind of just shake your head up there at your athletic department offices. It, it's crazy. Well, yeah, you know, we've really developed a culture. Um, you know, and a lot of people talk about it, and but it is true. Uh, you know, throughout every sport, uh, we you know we recruit. I, I think the same type of athlete, uh, competitor, winner. Um, and they come here, and it means something to carry on what the people before them did. Uh, and I think we have that rolling right now, that tradition. When you put on the uniform, it means something. And, you know, that's certainly the case in football, men's basketball. But you're right, softball um, and various other sports as well. Wrestling, uh, you know, I think there's a little bit rolling there with uh, Roger. But, you know, I, I really think it's, it's a culture. It's a winning attitude. And it's a never say die. And boy, did we ever see that in that semifinal game? Yeah, no question about that. That was that was a game for the ages in the semifinals against IPFW. Uh, we got Jeremy Jorgensen on the line with us, a director of broadcasting sales for NDSU. And let's get to it. I brought it up early on. The technical foul certainly was kind of the thing that I guess burst the bubble last night. What was your take on it? It's one of those things that man, you wish you wouldn't have to have that call at that point, but. As I always say, don't put yourself in a position for the official to make that call either. What did you think being there live and having it happen right in front of you? You know, I, I agree uh, with about everything you said there. Uh, you know, I, I thought the officiating in general during the entire tournament was a little subpar, which is, you know, it's sad to say because uh, there was elite officials down there, Frank Spencer, Lamont Simpson, guys that do Big Ten games uh, constantly. I mean, you watch huge games uh, in college basketball throughout the year. One of those guys is doing it, especially Big Ten games. Uh, the Denver-South Dakota State semifinal, uh, I still am mind-boggled at the end of that game, uh, you know, how that was officiated. But, you know, back to the technical, um, you know, yeah, you don't want to put yourself in that situation. But, boy, that is really tough to call a technical, in my opinion, uh, at that point of the game, there's only a couple minutes left. It's a, a game to go to the big dance. Uh, there's a ton on the line. I think you warn him. I think you go up, talk to Paul Miller. If I if I'm officiating that game, I go up and talk to him. Say, hey, I saw that. Cool it. You know, don't don't do it again. I mean, warn him. Uh, obviously, there was a foul anyway, so uh, you know that was uh, punishment enough. I think warn him and let it go. Yeah, it. That's a good take. I mean, like I said, it kind of reminded me, you don't want to go Bo Pelini on it and freak out because it's kind of one of those things that I said at the time, man, that that would bug me with what happened at Youngstown. But by the letter of the law, it's sure, maybe it's a technical, maybe it's past interference. But you know what I mean? At, at that point, I think that's what you always, it's got to be a tough thing to be an official to know. Do you get caught up in the moment there and make the call, or do you not want to be the guy who decides it? That's I, I could never be a, a zebra. That's all there's to it. <laughs> and then they kind of overcorrected a little bit, too. Uh, you know, I think there was so much attention on the technical foul. They swallowed the whistle after that and missed a few calls later. I think it impacted the rest of the game, how they were calling it the last couple minutes. Uh, there, there was one that I thought they missed a little later. 
Um, so sometimes it, it just threw everything into uh, turmoil a little bit. The Bison had some momentum there, and that technical killed the momentum. And with the time frame in the game, there was no chance to get it back. Yeah. Talking with Jeremy Jorgens here from uh, NDSU Athletics, Director of uh, Sales and Broadcasting, and a text message does come in. Um, wondering about Dexter not being in for a little three, four-minute uh, stretch there, and uh, just kind of uh, kind of curious about that. And also, uh, they should have probably rebounded a little bit better. They had good defense for three quarters of the game. I cannot believe the uh, Bison had a chance until that technical. But uh, what was your take on the rebounding? You know, they've missed some big shots too. I, I thought at times, uh, it, it, certainly they had it in hand. It just didn't work out for them. You know what I thought was interesting about the game is, uh, you know, South Dakota State likes to push the tempo a little bit, get up and down, get the game into the seventies and eighties. They made a conscious decision. It was obvious that they were going to try to beat the Bison at their own game, and they ended up doing that. Uh, they they were happy to allow the Bison to slow it down a little bit. I mean, you look at the final score, 67-59, that's the tempo the Bison like. That's not the tempo South Dakota State likes, but they made a conscious decision to play that tempo, uh, and they also went big. They had Tyson in there. They had Dom in there. Uh, Connor Devine got minutes. He hardly ever plays. He's a big 6'9", 6'10 kid. Uh, they went big last night to win the glass, and and they did win the glass, and their, their game plan was, was solid. As far as Dexter's minutes. Dave is a master, I think, at managing Dexter's minutes. Um, you know, he doesn't start him, but he only is a minute into the game. He's in there. Um, you know, you have to keep him out of foul trouble. So Dave's always juggling that. Um, and I also think sometimes when the Bison get down in a game um, and they have to to search for points, uh, that's when you really have to, to manage Dexter's minutes and do offense, defense, and, and get different guys in there that can make jump shots, make three-point shots. And they fell down by eight late in the game, and that forced Dave's hand to kind of juggle Dexter's minutes a little bit. Talking with Jeremy Jorgens from NDSU Athletics. And, you know, I think Dave Richmond, and, and I'm not trying to take anything away from Saul Phillips, and, you know, certainly Tim Miles, his success speaks for himself as as well, but there's something, I mean, there's no Ben Woodside on this team. There's not a Taylor Braun. They have good players and some young guys you can really tell are going to be great. But, man, he really works magic. I, he's a heck of a coach, in my opinion. You, you tell, oh, I, no question. I, I, mean, I totally I, agree. I mean, he, totally agree with you. He, he's made more out of, I mean, to come in the last two years, and he's won games I didn't think they could ever win in this tournament. Yeah, I, I told him privately last year, uh, that I thought that was one of the finest coaching jobs that I've seen in 23 years of covering college basketball at the Division One level um, last year. And then this year, he outdid himself again. I mean, tons of adversity. Carlin Dupree quits. Paul Miller goes down with an injury. You know, he has to suspend Paul Miller in the semifinals. I mean, there was all kinds of adversity this season. And there they were last night, you know, tie game at half in the Summit League title game and working his magic again. He just did a terrific job. Solid foundation moving forward. The new building opens next year. Uh, the Bison are in good hands with David Richter, and I can promise you that. Yeah. Well, let me ask you, I've been driving by that building the past couple weeks, weekends, going to the Sportsman Show and going to the home show the weekend before. Boy, on the outside, it looks like an arena that you'd see overhead on some of the you know Goodyear blimp shots. You guys have to feel pretty good about that. I haven't seen what it looks like on the inside, obviously, but from the outside, it looks like a basketball arena. Finally, here in Fargo, we have a basketball <laughs> arena. 
it's it's going to be really nice. Uh, it's a game changer as far as the recruiting process goes. Um, you know, all the other amenities in it, the strength and conditioning area, the offices, the practice facility, uh, the, the, the NODAC Mutual Insurance practice facility. I, I really think the whole package in there is awesome, but the arena itself is going to be a tremendous environment for the Summit League uh, basketball games next year, and it's going to be quite the home home court advantage for the Bison. The Bison have been great at home no matter where it's been, the BSA, Shields Arena, and I think that will continue uh, in Shields Arena. Yeah, and it, it's going to be one of those things, too. I'm sure there will be other events there as well. I mean, right? I mean, you're going to have, you know, the, the Fargo Dome might, might be booked one weekend for something, so right across the street you'll have something going on. And that happens quite a bit. That happened with the BSA quite a bit as well. So outside of just basketball, that's going to be a busy place. Yeah, you know, it is. Uh, the shack, it's called the Stanford Health Athletic Complex, and then the Shield Center, you know, just the whole thing. I mean, there's going to be a Hall of Fame area. Uh, and you're right, uh, you know, whether there's high school tournaments in there, um, other other events, uh, it's just going to be a phenomenal facility. And, uh, you know, it's really a game changer, much needed. The BSA had uh, uh, lived its last years, we'll say. Jeremy Jorgensen, uh, uh, just a couple questions for you as we go into Sunday night, and because we'll still be watching with interest, because I will be pulling for the Summer League here, no matter if it's the rival of the Bison or not. And how do you see this going? You're pretty good at bracketology when it comes to the <laughs> Bison the past couple of years. Uh, where do you think they're going to go? I mean, I know uh, we had Josh Swanson on last night. Uh, he he kind of thinks that the uh, Summer League winner would go to St. Louis. What's your take on it? Well, it's really hard to predict uh, the site, but I, you know, I think I have a pretty good handle on what the seed will be. Uh, the league has a strong RPI this year. Uh, South Dakota State has a strong RPI themselves, top 100. Uh, they had a lot of quality non-conference wins. Uh, you know, I thought they had the best chance of the highest seed uh, if they were to win the conference, and they did win the conference tournament. Uh, I see them on the 13 line right now. Um, there could be other things that happen. Uh, throughout the course of this championship week here that potentially could move them to a 12. I, I don't see a 12. I see a 13. I don't see them at a 14. That puts them in the 13-4 game. And this year, I'll tell you what, that there's some beatable four seeds this year. There's tons of parity this year. And I think once you get down to that four line, there's going to be some winnable games. I mean, it's all about the draw at that point. Uh, you know, you don't want to draw a big physical team like West Virginia would be a bad matchup. Um, you know, potentially Maryland would not be a good matchup. But I think there's some winnable fours, and I think they will be on the 13 line. And Maryland lost to my Gophers. I mean, that's a, <laughs> but that's you know, not a good sign. No, no. You know, well, the Gophers got trounced today by Illinois as well. I, I but I should. You know, we kind of brought this up last year. I think if you're a Summit League fan. You know, if you're a Jackrabbit fan, we can say this about whenever NDSU makes it. You kind of want these big time conference tournaments to go chalk, right? You don't want to have like the sixth seed in a in the Big Ten tournament to all of a sudden go out and win the whole tournament because then it kind of jockeys everyone around who had a good regular season. Yeah, the bubble teams certainly uh, want the chalk to happen. I think for a South Dakota State though, they they want chaos, uh, especially in the one bid leagues. Uh, every time. Uh, a one bid league, uh, the one seed does not win it. I think that moves South Dakota State up a notch. Oh, sure, yeah, uh, yeah. And I think that you know that's happened quite a bit already. But as far as the uh, 
you know, the big conference tournaments like the Big Ten, the Big 12, the, the bubble teams, I mean, they are just living on the edge every time one of those games happens. Because right. you're, you're right. What if, if someone like a Cal, who's like a, you know, a four or five seed in the Pac-12 tournament, they go through and win the Pac-12 tournament, that just totally disrupts the bubble. Yeah, that, that's what I meant, like the BCS type yep. of, uh, yep. the, the, you want them to go chalk for sure. There's just no, no doubt. getting around it. Well, it should be a lot of fun. Always enjoy the NCAA tournament. It's a fun time right now. I mean, your spring sports getting ready with softball and baseball, and you have three wrestlers going to the national tournament at uh, T- Madison Square Garden. I, I, I'm How about so, that? I'm so mad. I, I, I was going to try to plan that trip out, and I just have got, been so busy between the two jobs. But for those kids, I mean, Hayden Zilmer, his senior year, going to be able to wrestle at Madison Square Garden in the national tournament. Wow. I, I don't even know what more I can say about that. That's going to be a cool setting yeah. and so all i know is we won't send jack michaels out there because he'll get on a subway and come back with some video <laughs> that we don't see. Well, <laughs> you know everything you just never know what's going to happen in the life of, <laughs> in the life and travels of jack michaels i mean we we just we've got to say and then the stories to go along with it are, are, are the best part class. is he always gets it on video i don't know how that <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> he plans it out perfectly that's for sure <laughs> All right, Jeremy, thanks a lot for your time. I appreciate it, and we'll catch up with you soon. Hey, thanks, Derek. You bet. Jeremy Jorgensen, Director of Sales and Broadcasting with us here on the Front Row Show on the Mighty 790 KFGO, 237-594-8180-5346. You can text message us, 35270. Text messages also come in, says, uh, Dex got pushed under the basket at the end, too. I agree with you. I I. I didn't like the technical f- foul call. I but again, I go back to don't put yourself in a situation where it might get called against you. I mean, that's you know, it, who do you want to get mad at here? I, I say that all the time. It's and I kind of said that when we had the argument and people were just bashing me about the Youngstown State thing. I said, as a fan, if it, it was the Bison defender who got called for that would be upset because it was such a bam bam play i didn't think it was very catchable whatever but yet by the letter of the law you're sitting there going well yeah i guess it is past interference same thing here letter of the law okay yeah the push is a t but was it enough of a, a shove or whatever to deserve a technical to really end the game that's the problem is and just as an official i don't think i'd want to make that call but yet you can't put yourself in a position to get that called against you. That's just my opinion on it. And that's the problem with the situations like that is that, you know, we can sit there and yell at the zebras all you want. I think the, as the previous texter also said, you know, they have to rebound better. They have to make better shots and they have plenty of time to make shots. It wasn't, there was a time there in the middle of the second half where it was just kind of ugly basketball. No one was making shots. SDSU had a chance to go out and win the game by 15 or so, they couldn't hit a shot, and then the Bison couldn't answer with it to cut it closer, and then they finally got it down to five before the technical. And you saw, I think as a Bison fan, you're sitting there going, man, this is exactly like last night. Man, we're going to do it again. We're, we're getting the momentum. We're only down by five. We get the ball back. And and I'm telling you, it was uh, it was really something else. Text message comes in. I thought both games South Dakota State played. The refs were so one sided in the last three minutes. They gave South Dakota State the wins. You know, we just got done talking though about how 
if Rosga goes out and hits the shots, the free throw shot at the end of the Denver game, it's Denver in North Dakota State last night. It's the five and six seed going at it in the Summer League Championship. I just think it's, I don't think the refs decided the game whatsoever. I think the lack of rebounds, the lack of making big shots at times was the difference in the game. I, I, I can't blame it on the officials at all. I think many times you can get caught up in it. There are times when you're in a football game or, I mean, I've, I've seen high school football games many times where it just seems like every play of the holding, you make a big play holding. And yeah, I've seen that at every level of football. I, I just didn't think that the, I, I'm not going to whine about officials in that loss last night. I, I don't think that NDSU played well enough to win. SDSU at times didn't look much better, but they were better. That's just my opinion on it, and I can't I can't call it all and blame it on the official on this one. I, I really, really can't.